welcome to Pedro Pascal, a Pedro Pascal podcast. I am your host, Rachel Leishman. Um, today, I do not have my co-host, Katrina Dennis, but I do have my friend, Sophie. Hello. Sophie, introduce yourself to the audience. Um, my name is Sophie. My Twitter is Sobiwan Kenobi. Please don't follow me. It is terrible. <laughs> Play The Last of Us, part one and part two for Rachel on my Twitch, so... Yes, yes, you did. And you did go somewhat viral by sharing a meme of Tony Soprano with the duck. <laughs> I wouldn't even call that viral. That was just like it was just me, a, me just being myself. Like, yes, this is how I felt. It was just that my roommate saw it in a chat that none of us are in. It was just like, that's Sophie's tweet. <laughs> um, and I mean, aptly enough, I discovered on the where we record this on the board, there is a song called Feeding the Ducks. And I instantly thought about Tony Soprano. Because, um, you know, that's lovely. Uh, so this week, we are talking about the third episode of The Last of Us, which Pedro Pascal is in, but Joel Miller is not by any means the main character of this episode. Um, before we started, there are some news items uh pedro pascal is going to host snl next saturday um which um, i'm attempting to go i hope you guys make it because i will not be there i'll be there in spirit (laughs) you'll be there in spirit i'm hoping to get in i haven't done this new lottery system but i'll figure that out um and he's also going to be up fallon the thursday before which is typically what they do with the hosts for snl oh so he's he's finally going to be on fallon yeah, but it is also, like, normally if you're hosting SNL, you you are on Fallon the Thursday before. So, okay. I want, they might have, like, I think, I remember someone telling me he was rescheduled for, like, last week. But then I think if they got him for SNL, they probably were just like, no, we're going to push it out again. But I, I don't know how true that is. I didn't look further into when he was going to be on Jimmy Fallon. Um, but he is going to be on on Thursday, and then on Saturday he'll be on SNL with musical guest Coldplay, and I hope they play songs from two thousand and like four. Are they coming out with a new play. album? I have no idea. I, I didn't know they were play... still putting out new music. I want them to play Green Eyes, and I want them to play like The Scientist. <laughs> Maybe the most you. the most depressing songs. Please no. Green Eyes isn't depressing. Green Eyes is about green eyes. Uh, but yeah, that's that's kind of the news. Um, he's doing those two things. Like, that's very exciting. Um, me and producer Ashley are going to try and go with a couple friends to SNL. I don't know how it's going to work, but we're manifesting good energy that we will get to go. In the meantime, though, we get to talk about episode three of The Last of Us and... And Sophie, I did bring you on for this one because it is the most changes from the game. Yes. Out of what we have seen of this series thus far, this is the one that makes the most changes. Um, And so here's how I want to do this. Again, there'll be warnings, but there are spoilers in these. So if you haven't watched it or you haven't played the game, don't listen. Um, But Sophie, why don't you explain... (laughs) What just don't happens? listen. <laughs> just don't listen. Fast <laughs> here. You can come back later, but don't listen right now. Um, why don't you explain to our listeners Bill from the game and his storyline <laughs> in the game? Bill from the game is literally like one of the best characters. Like, even though in the game he will royally fuck everything up for you, he doesn't want to help. From some point, it's just red cross signs the entire time because he's constantly dying. So you have to help him. Like, Bill's useless in a way, but then also he's not useless, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, it's a it's great to see him in the game, but I feel like what I missed in this episode was, like, Ellie and Bill meeting because, like, right when they first meet each other, they're, like, beating the shit out of each other. And it's just kind of like, okay, like, she's feisty, she doesn't like him, but he kind of likes her. So he's kind of like, okay, like, you're taking this kid. I'll help you, but I don't like her. But I like her. It's weird. But it's just well, like, Bill just doesn't, he don't like people. And you learn, you like, you find that out very fast in the show. He's just like, okay, like, he subtly, he's like, I like Tess. 
Like, you see that he cares about Tess in the game. So it's like, he's always asking, well, where's Tess? How's mm-hmm. Tess doing? Like that. But Which in the show is a bit different. Um, we'll get to Frank. I'm also going to make you explain Frank later. But so in the show, <laughs> um, in the show, it, we, get a, we get a couple of, like, before moments, which, to be clear, I watched my screeners and fully forgot about this whole beginning part of this episode. I fully thought it was just the entire time. I was like, he's not really in this episode, only to, like, be reminded as I was watching it. Like, yeah, oh, no, there's, like, there's a bunch of stuff beforehand. But so we get a little bit of the test aftermath, as it were, which is kind of sad given today um, the original voice of Tess and Wershing. Is that how you say her last name? I'm not sure how you say it, but... Annie Wershing, I believe, is how you pronounce her name. She passed away, and so it is kind of... It was uh, harder to kind of watch the Tess funeral. Um, But so, funeral, it's... We're seeing the aftermath of Tess's death, which is kind of... Joel is having his own little ceremony where he, like, he piled up a bunch of rocks in honor of her dying. And him and Ellie kind of had, like, a come-to-Jesus moment where she was basically like, you guys decided to do this. Her death is not my fault. Yeah. Um, And it was, like, there wasn't animosity between her and Joel, which was nice because that's all we've kind of seen thus far is the two of them at odds with each other. Um. So I liked that part of this episode where it was like, no, you're right. Like, we chose to do this, so it is not your fault. Um, and then they go to find Joel's stash where they go into the, the Cumberland Farms. Uh, and as they're walking around, Ellie is essentially just like, you don't remember what it is. And he's like, I'm just zero or where it is. And he's I'm zeroing in on it. Uh which I loved because what a man response to be like, yeah, 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 I know where it is. And he fucking didn't. Um, but we get to see Ellie be kind of like, I don't know how to describe what she does to this infected person that she finds. I, the, way, the way I look at it, it's kind of like she wasn't taught that in the federal school. So she's being more like, I wonder what this does. Kind of like a science project. Like she's like, okay, this thing's alive but dead. But I wonder what happens if I slit this in the forehead. Like I wonder what happens. But then you see it's like her... little tendrils coming out. So yeah, it's her frog. She's like, so then she's like, okay, now I'm gonna kill it. I was like, all right. She was like, you're kind of, like we're 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 seeing the messed up like parts of Ellie before. Yeah, things go to shit. And I like, I guess I get it. On a level of, like, yeah, if you're not taught that stuff and you're trying to figure it out and you you view the infected as, like, less than, um, I understand the gut reaction to slice the forehead of this thing. But I mean, I would do it if nutty. I saw one. I'd be like, hey, what is this? What's this? But it was nutty. And then she finds tampons and goes up back upstairs, <laughs> um, which I loved. I love that she found tampons and was like, oh, yeah, looked over my ass. And throws him in her backpack. And Joel doesn't bat an eye. I was like, yeah, he had a daughter. He didn't care. He was just like, yes, here you go. Bye. Um, oh, they leave. And they're like, they're having like a whole little come to Jesus talking to each other relationship. Uh, she's asking a lot about the before times. Um, and she does talk to him about how they think it happened. Which, there were theories. I, I, I knew before I had even watched the rest of the season, I was like, something was up with the pancakes and the Bisquick. Yeah. Um, but then I, wa- I got to this episode, and so I was like, oh, yeah, confirmed. But a lot of theories were like, something was up with the pancake mix. So I Can we just talk about how no, he was just like, sugar, flour, and then pancake mix? Like, we went from like, just random ingredients to just straight pancake mix. <laughs> it made me think of the song from Waitress. That's like sugar, butter, flour. I was like, the third ingredient should be butter because that's a typical cooking ingredient. But instead, it was like pancake mix. And I was like, yeah, I'd be fine because I don't eat pancakes. I would survive the apocalypse exclusively because I don't eat pancakes. He was like, that's what they said it was because uh, and Fedra never taught it. 
to Ellie and them in school. Yeah. And but she also asks him about a scar on his head. And there was another big moment. It was that a scar where he said someone shot me. Um but I but they missed. Um but then so it goes she's like I'm gonna go walk over and look at this thing. And Joel tells her the most like unsettling piece of information of all time, which is essentially that like the government lied to a bunch of people and they just murdered uninfected human beings that they didn't have room for. Um, and it's nuts because like, that's how we kind of get kicked back. <laughs> that's why I was just like, so y'all just really said no, like just kill them all. <laughs> Yeah, they murdered. So it's like the the way it is described is basically like Joel's like, yeah, they lied to a bunch of people. They said to come up here, and then there wasn't space. And the thought process was that like a dead body cannot become infected. Yeah. So if they go ahead and murder people, um, then they don't have to worry about more infected. Which it which it is sadly kind of the same idea that they had with bombing the cities. Which was like, if you bomb a city, those dead bodies will not become infected. And so then yeah. there are less infected people to worry about. But it is just like, well, the government was just like, no, it's free for all. We're going to murder everybody. It's nuts. Um, which then takes us back in time to uh, just fucking <laughs> Fedra red Xing doors and, like, because the way we get taken back is it zooms in on a blanket. I thought it was, like, a kid's t-shirt, which I was like, that's really sad. And then it got even worse because it was a baby blanket instead. Yeah, I was like, okay. <laughs> I don't want to watch a baby die. Like, this, like, why Why do they have to, like, tear at our heartstrings even more in this episode? The, like, let's, just, episode let's just start is... it off, like, with a child dying. Like, yes. Well, and I will say what was what I did like about this episode is it didn't show that it's implied, yeah. which I was like, great, I don't need to see a kid dying. I'm good, thanks. So they go back in time. It's showing all these towns, um, and watching on his little at home TV is Bill, who is playing little- Nick Copperman. His security system. <laughs> Um, it's played by he's played by Nick Offerman, which he was not originally supposed to be played by Nick Offerman. He was originally supposed to be played by Con O'Neill, who fans of The Last of Us know him as like Blackbeard's like right hand. Um, Con O'Neill could not do it, so Nick Offerman took over. What is so funny to me is that they got Nick Offerman, and it is essentially like, what if Nick Offerman and Ron Swanson together merged into one human being, and they had to survive an apocalypse. Because it's, like, the aspects of Ron Swanson that came from Nick Offerman are part of Bill's character. But he's just not the extremes that Ron Swanson is. Um, But it is very much, like, you're like, yeah, this is, like, how Ron Swanson survived an apocalypse. Just in a bunker by himself, like, nobody come in here. I don't want to talk to anybody. Which I love for him. Yeah, I'm happy for Nick I'm so happy for Nick Offerman, but it is very much, I was like, oh, this, yeah, this is Ron. I never thought about Bill in that way, because it was never, like, that directly connected until they cast Nick Offerman as the part, and then I was like, that's all I can think about. And he's by himself, though, in this big, big old, big old house um, with some insane decorations. I don't know who decorated Bill's house for him. Because he has floral curtains that are nutty. Um, I don't. But that, the, beside the point. But I do not understand who decorated <laughs> Bill's house for him. Um, <laughs> Ashley did say his mother. That is correct. But, but you have to like, also think it's like early two thousands. So like you already know, like the decor was not great. Because I remember my grandparents had like a floral couch floral rugs it was just god awful like now that i look back yeah. at it it's just it's disgusting oh yeah they, like what were we thinking 
Well, looking at the fashions of this show, I'm like, this is gross. You should have just continued to set it in 2013 so I didn't have to think about 2000s fashion in this way. And then, like, on top of that, like, Bush. <laughs> Stuff. Um, it's like, George W. Bush wore a really bad t-shirt with a long sleeve shirt underneath it. Which is worse. Um, Bush, but like, you get my point. That is 2003 is like Bill essentially being like, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't like people. And he's like in his house by himself. And then is it still in 2003 when Frank shows up? No, that's the seven years later. Yeah, it's like years later because he's like already kind of like right, 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 made his little home in his little community of himself like he's already went to the home depot keeps going back to home depot you know he's got he's got everything he needs he's got a boutique whatever else he needs gas it might not have been seven years later i can't remember how many years oh i think it was three years later yeah it's like a couple years later he's like here i go riding around now was that the cream song that was playing yeah like when he's like driving around so he's like going around like so he said he goes to a home depot which i as I was watching this, was like, my house would look so good because I'd be like, what else am I doing with my time? I have a Home Depot and resources, so I'm going to just make my house look nice. Um, but or Bill goes and he's like, basically making a camp so no one can get in and bother him, which is like, on the one hand, very smart. You're like, great, no zombie. So sorry, sorry, Neil Druckmann, I know you don't like that. No infected person can get in. But on the other hand, you're like, this is so depressing. This man was like, I'm by myself. I don't want anyone around. I'm just staying here in my little town that I made up with endless supplies of meat. Where is he getting the meat? I don't see a single gal. Like, does he have like two cows? Maybe he hunted and then he just like had a freezer somewhere and he just like skinned it, cut it, packaged it, put it in his little his little freezer, saved it for later. Maybe. Mm, I don't know where he gets his meat. But so um he's like he has his little down, he makes it all nice and he makes traps. One of those traps catches Frank. Uh so Sophie go ahead and explain game Frank. You don't know nothing about Game Frank. He just despises Frank at the end. Yeah. It's, oh, you meant in general. I was like, like I you don't know like what... he's his partner. Um, yeah. but like I have the note that he like wrote on my phone, so I could be like, I could give read you the, like read the note. a little yeah, bit of read it. The note. So the note says, "Well, Bill, I doubt you'd ever find this note because you were too scared to ever make it to this part of town. But if for some reason you did, I want you to know." I hated your guts. I grew tired of this shitty town and of your set-in ways and attitude. I wanted more from life than this, and you can never get that. That's pretty harsh right there. Like, that that paragraph alone, you're just like, like, what happened? And that's what I that's what I wanted. I wanted to know what happened. But then... Well, we, we did not get that. No! And then, which he said, and that stupid battery you kept moaning about, I got it. But I guess you were right. Trying to leave this town would kill me. Still better than spending another day with you. Good luck, Frank. And so, like, we don't get to know what happens, but they do have a, in my opinion, a better ending. But I, I is... think in the game, though, it's like, after, like, you find the note, you can hand it to Bill. Bill reads it, throws it away, because he's, like, pissed off about it, because you see Frank, he hung himself. And the only way you know that it's Frank and that it was his partner was because Bill makes the comment that only Frank would wear a shirt like that. And it's like a ugly ass Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> Which he does not wear in the show. But Which um, I'm sad about. Will, um, we had a couple of people over to watch it, Sophie included. <laughs> and as we were watching it, my friend Jenna, who listens to the podcast, so hi Jenna, kept calling the shirts they are wearing Frankie shirts. And, but because Murray Bartlett plays the character Frank, I was like, I don't remember that from the game. And I realized she meant Frankie Morales, 
Pedro Pascal's character from Triple Frontier. And she was correct. But I just, like, did not understand what she meant until the very end of the episode. I was like, oh, you mean Frankie Alice. Okay, great. See, yeah, I've, I've never watched that, so I wouldn't know. <laughs> Sophie, next time we do a Triple Frontier episode, come back on. Because we do one every season because I love Triple Frontier. Frank in the game is very different, obviously. Um, by the time this comes up, I will probably have a piece up about it. I like the changes a lot. I like the Frank as a character. The minute they cast Murray Bartlett, I was like, great. We're So we're going to have a story. Because, like, I had to do a breakdown of uh, characters uh, from the game. And they're, like, and they're uh, who they were playing. When I read that <laughs> Murray Bartlett was playing Frank, I was like, Frank? Huh? And then I looked it up. I was like, he's not in it. He's dead. And so then um, I instantly knew they were going to do something else. Um, giving Bill kind of this storyline and making that a complete, like, I-, I like the changes a lot just because it's not a video game where you can go back um, and kind of deal with storylines you've already worked through at whatever point or like, I don't know. Say at some point in the game, they were like, oh, you left something in Boston. Go back to Boston. Yeah, like, like, like my, thing, my thing, too, it's, like, from playing the game and playing in Bill's town, like, I can see why people were very excited about this episode and be like, oh, like, we get to see, like, Joel, Bill, Ellie all together fighting infected, Bill's traps, all this stuff. Like, granted, you do get to see one of Bill's traps in the beginning, like, when he's, like, cooking his little nice five-star dinner, drinking his wine, doing whatever he's doing. But it's like, I don't know. I just feel like Neil and Craig have made it very clear that this is not going to be a show where they're running around killing things constantly. It's not going to be an action-based show, like which it makes sense. You can't really do that because I feel like at that point it's going to become The Walking Dead and then you're just going to get tired of it very quick. So, yeah, and I think it works. Which, it works. So it's just like with, with what they're doing, it's kind of like you're you're touching base on most of these plot, like the plots in the game, these characters in the game. But with this, it's like you're giving more of a story to them that they never got in the game because it's like Tess, you kind of get more of Tess in the game than what you do with Bill. Bill just kind of like grumpy old man, whatever, like antisocial, doesn't like people. He'll just do whatever to do to kill the infected. He doesn't care. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, and it is because it's everything is more character-driven. The game itself is very character-driven. That's why people liked it in the first place. But with the show, they cut out a lot of, like, the video game action-y things. And, like, it it has been a running bit online where people are like, that ladder was already standing up. I had to pick the ladder up every time I tried to climb up. And, like, stuff like that. I will say I missed the plank. I want the plank to come. I need to watch, (laughs) I need to watch Pedro Pascal push a plank with Bella Ramsey on it and just go about. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can't swim. And then he, she, he said, no smart ass and jumped into the water and it was like to his knees. Um, but I do like that the show, with, especially Bill and Frank. So as Sophie was saying, Bill cooks himself uh, like a couple years after he like had made Bill's town. He makes himself a five-star meal. He's drinking his little wine. He's sitting at the table. Oh, and then there goes Benji. Um, and then for our listeners, my cat is just appearing. So you'll, sorry if, if you're not watching the video of this, but my cat is just showing up random places. Um, and so Frank ends up in one of Bill's traps. And he's just like, hello, hi. And see, having it be Murray Bartlett is so sweet and funny to me at the same time because it's like bill shows up is aggressive it's like are you are you armed and murray bartlett pauses and then says no and (laughs) their their dynamic is instantly like chaotic and funny because he's like why'd you pause well because i thought about lying but then i decided against it and they're like honest but also like to a fault because like he doesn't need to know your whole no like, he's just like, but he tells him anyway, and I think that's kind of why they work, because, like, they are honest with each other versus, like, in the game, where it is, they hit a breaking point, and then they're done. Yeah, and, and you never found out what that breaking point was. Bill never spoke about it. No, and in the show, though, we do get to see them kind of have, like, fights and breaking points, yeah. and it's not, it's not perfect by any means. They go, they're like, he's like, can I have some food I haven't eaten in two days? Bill's like, 
it's basically, uh, I don't think I'm the first person that said this, but it is basically if you give a mouse a cookie, because he's like, if I give you a meal, everyone's going to want a meal. And he's like, no, no, no. And then he like comes and stays and lives in them but, forever. But it, it's the, this isn't an Arby's comment. <laughs> yeah, this isn't an Arby's. And he goes, <laughs> Arby's didn't give free food. Like, he's so caught up in the semantics of like this argument. He's like, Arby's never did that. And like, yeah. it, neither, it doesn't matter. You get the point. But it is just funny how he, he's like, boy. I don't remember Arby's handing out free roast beef sandwiches. Um, but so they go inside. They're eating this really nice meal. Uh, fucking Bill is a sommelier, I guess. He was like, do you like this wine paired with your, what did I call it? A brisket? Yeah, you called it a brisket. <laughs> he was like, would you like this wine? But I think but I think he made like rib, like he made something like it was like lamb. It looked like lamb. Where is he getting but it? I, it? Because there was like bones sticking out of it or something. So I don't know where he's Does getting Does he have this. a guy? You think he's a lamb guy? He's like, let me, let me call up my lamb guy and uh, see what he's got for me. But so Somalia Bill makes this nice meal. And he's like, okay, I'm going to get out of your hair soon. And the two of them kind of like, if you know Bill and Rank's story, you kind of are like, yeah, they're flirting. But if you don't know, you're like, these two guys are just chit-chatting. No, they're flirting. Just chit-chatting? Um, <laughs> so then Frank is like, um, before I leave, though, I want to play this. And he walks over to this piano. First of all, the most relatable thing about Bill is that before I get into the music, uh, I played piano from the time I was six until I was 17. So when Murray Bartlett sat down on this piano, it was A, badly playing, and then B, singing off key. I was like, I also would have been Nick Offerman and been like, stop. You gotta stop. You gotta stop doing this. Like, But he sits down and like, <laughs> if you did not know Bill and Frank were gay prior to this moment, he sits down and the first thing he get, grabs out of a piano bench is Linda Ronstadt's sheet music. It was like the best of Linda Ronstadt. And Bill, at his credit, like, oh, this is my mom's sheet music. And Frank goes, nah, this one's you. And it was... <laughs> And it was the no, no, this is you that I was like, he said, you're not, you're not trying to like, pretend like you don't listen to Linda Ronstadt. Like, don't lie to me. <laughs> don't and lie. Famous, like, famously, I, I know Linda Ronstadt songs, but I know she also was like in a relationship with George Lucas. Uh, because the George Lucas talk show makes jokes about Linda Ronstadt all the fucking time um, because of George Lucas and her. So I said, as we were watching it, that I hope George Lucas was watching the show, just like trying to enjoy it on Skywalker Ranch. <laughs> could you could you imagine if he actually like watches the show? Like I, if I was like no, if piece. I was the person who chose, like if it was either if I was Neil or Craig, I don't know who chose Linda Ronstadt, but if I was like one of them and I chose that song and then found out that George Lucas watches my show, I would have been like. I did it. I have angered George Lucas. Um, but so he goes <laughs> in it's chaotic, but I love it so much. He goes, uh, Nick Offerman stops Marie Bartlett from singing this song in a bad way. He's like, stop, stop talking, stop singing. You're doing this wrong. Um, and Murray Bartlett goes, I'm not a professional. And <laughs> Nick Offerman goes, neither am I. Makes him get up. And then takes over and plays this song. And it is, uh, have you seen, um, uh, have you ever seen Dan in real life? No. I think you're going to hate me just because I say no. No, 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 no. no. (laughs) It's the movie. There's one moment that like, if you've seen the movie, you think about it all the time. If you haven't seen the movie, you would understand this. Okay. So the premise of Dan in real life is that Steve Crowell's wife died. Um, he has his daughters. He hasn't really been home with his family because he's like, he can't move on from his wife's death, all that kind of stuff. His younger brother, played by Dane Cook, so, you know, canceled, um, is trying to impress this girl that he, that Steve Crowell kind of was already flirting with before he knew it was his brother's girlfriend. Um, and so they're doing like a, they're doing like a talent kind of thing with the family where it's like everyone does whatever that night. And 
uh, Dane Cook wants to sing Let My Love Open the Door uh, by The Who, but he doesn't know like 90% of the words. And so he keeps needing like prompting. And so then he stops the song before the last, or not the last section, but like before a very important part of the song, which is the lyric, when tragedy befalls you, don't let it bring you down. And so like the the tone of this song is like, and you have a phone in them. And it's very upbeat. And so they finish the song. Everyone's like, yay. And then it cuts to Steve Crow and he's just on the guitar by himself being like, tragedy befalls you and it's so sad and you just start crying because he's like he's talking about his wife no i don't like that is the energy that this scene had for me where it was like harry bartlett's like i'm having the time of my life (laughs) singing linda ronson woo long long time this is so much fun but it it was it was harry bartlett being like oh is there a girl yeah, so it's like it's very depressing and sad, and you're like, "Oh no, what's going on?" Like, who broke his heart? And so Murray Bartlett says, "Who's the girl?" And Nick Offerman goes, "There is never a girl." And Murray Bartlett puts his hand on Nick Offerman's shoulder and goes, uh, "Do you say I know?" Yeah, no. I know. It was just like, like he was like knew he was gay. It is like both the nicest way of being like, "Yes, these two characters are gay, but we're not going to be like." I'm gay on an HBO show in 2023, but also just so chaotic because you were like, oh, it, but it's like 2000 and Three. I guess they have a well, 2003 wait. mentality, but they yeah. have a 2003 mentality, which we all looked up when gay marriage became legal in Massachusetts, trying to figure out like where their relationship lined up uh, with uh, the legalization of gay marriage in the US. Because when you think about the stuff that really did not happen in not even like we were making jokes about songs like not even like pop culture and stuff but like legislation you're like oh wow we all just are stuck in the bushes literally and it's like damn like how depressing (laughs) like you're just you're just stuck man Um, there he goes um but so it's like the the two of them share a moment they kiss on the piano bench um, and then they go upstairs, and <laughs> they fuck, and it is great. What is Zero what is um what does Frank say to Bill though? He goes before go this. He goes go take a shower, and then so like Frank's just <laughs> chilling in the bed with his shirt off, and so Murray Bartlett's just like literally a custom Murray Bartlett said like this, and he's just sitting there waiting. For Nick Offerman and Nick Offerman comes out shirtless and then Murray Bartlett takes out. It's like very hot. And also Murray Bartlett like pulls the sheets. I was like, this is great. No notes on this scene. Very hot. Learn about how Bill has never been with a man. He was with a girl once and was like, no thanks. And so Murray Bartlett's like, okay, no problem. And like takes it. So it's great. Um, and then from there, it like cuts to, I think from there is like seven years, whatever. It's 2010. The next time we yeah. see them. I know it's, like, further, and that's, like, when they first oh, started fighting. Because then, well, like, that one happened. The, like, the first is, I think, they have sex. The next day, he's like, I'll leave in a few days. And then it cuts to a couple years later, and they are still in the house. And they're fighting, like, an old married couple. Like, it's basically, like, he didn't fucking go anywhere. <laughs> and, he want, and, he, and he wants to, like, make the town look cute. He wants to make it, like, something they both can enjoy. He's like, because I want to yeah. fix this up. Like, like go yeah, let him do his little thing. Let him let him be a little interior design architecture yeah, man. Want a like floral shop? Yeah. Yeah, he wanted a floral shop, which then, if you pay attention to the back of the rest of the episode, there's, like, sunflowers and flowers, and I, I loved it. I was like, all right, go go off, Frank. He was like, I, I want to make a floral shop. You have your <laughs> shop. They're, like, making this town for themselves, because nobody lives there. It is just for them. It's not like in The Walking Dead when they would go somewhere and there'd be like a whole town with like shops and stuff that people have created. It is legit. Just these two It's dudes. just them two. I, and yeah. I respect that. And they're like, we will fix this and make it right. Um, but so then the two of them, they have a little tiff because Frank is like, I want to make this look nice for when we have friends. And Bill's like, we don't have friends. He's like, we're going to have friends. I'm talking to a nice lady on the radio. 
<laughs> and she's coming for dinner. Yeah, and he's like, what? Um, and it is so funny because it's just like the way that they go about this is just like you forgot like for a minute it's like oh did I forget that this show is about the apocalypse <laughs> like bacteria or fungus like eating brains and turning people into these infected creatures because it is just like a little love story and drama in the midst of this apocalypse show that you almost forget like everything else going on and it was like nice for a minute until you realize like oh shit none of this is gonna end great yeah cause but it was it just it it gives you like a good little like calmness where you're not stressed yeah until you think about it for too long i try not to do that <laughs> you're like i try not to no but if you think about it for a second you're like oh what's gonna happen here this is about to be bad um but yeah so it's like he goes, I'm in a nice lady on the radio. And it cuts to d- the most awkward dinner, but for just Joel and Bill. <laughs> Frank and Tess are having the fucking time of their lives because the woman on the phone, or the phone, the woman on the radio is obviously Tess. Um, and they're talking about, like, kind of working together because obviously bill and frank have resources they have all these guns they have a lot of tech not technology but they have a lot of things that they can use outside in boston i don't know where they are at that point i don't know if they're in boston but like wherever they are they're, i feel like they're still in the boston area because i feel like they're they have to be close to bill and frank in order to like go back and forth yeah but so they are there and they're like okay um what we're going to do is essentially have this, like, we'll trade off. But the, din- the like, dinner is, like, that's what Frank and, uh, Frank and Taz want from the get-go. They're like, well, this little trade-off would be really sweet. This will be nice. But Bill is sitting at the table with a gun. <laughs> Joel. And he, he had it loaded and ready. Like, he, he made it clear that he's like, I'm, this is it. Like, listen, you hear the click. It's ready. Yeah. Don't do nothing. Like, Another masterclass in, like, making Pedro Pascal look a little younger than he is. This one is, so, it was seven years after um, 2003, so he was 36, and so this is now, what, he's 43, so he's about three years younger. Yeah, I would um, say about he that does, age. He looks about what he, than he is now, because he's 46 now, so it was, like, 43. Um, looked like he did like it's it's crazy how this show is just basically like well we know what pedro pascal looked like at that age we're gonna make him look like that age again no notes um but this dinner so they're like sitting there and it's like if i was (laughs) if i was testing joel and i was because they were eating bark in the episode before this or they were eating whatever the fuck they were eating when uh, Ellie pulls out her sandwich. Very stale beef jerky. That is what I'm going with. Just very stale <laughs> beef jerky. Very stale. Well, so they had that. And so it is so funny because they have like this full ass, like five course meal with wine and like mashed potatoes and stuff. So I would be furious if I was sitting at this table eating this meal and then had to go back to like beef jerky. Like <laughs> the way that this whole friendship works we don't get to really see it in the like it makes sense why we don't see it that much based on when this show starts but I just feel like Bill and Frank had the better end of this deal and oh yeah Joel and Tess kind of were like we're not gonna push it too far there are nice friends who every once in a while will let us come over and have a really nice meal but we don't and it's push like- it past that And it's like, we'll bring them things that they need that only we can get, and then maybe they'll just give us something in return. So it's like, hey, it kind of works both ways, but it's also like, why couldn't they just been like, hey, can we just, like, live in that house, like, down the block? Like, like, I'll just make it my own. (laughs) Like, (laughs) Like, (laughs) on the one hand, I get it, because it's like, no, they're, well, but they're not really, like, I don't understand why Joel and Tess, at minimum, don't go live there, because Joel and Tess are not Fedra, and they're not the Fireflies. They're in the weird middle ground of, like, we're not fully fireflies, but we also don't really agree with what 
Fedra's doing, but also like we kind of keep our head down and just do whatever we have to. Where I would have been like, hey, buddy, we love each other. What if we just went and lived in this house? But I feel away like from you? they couldn't do that though, because like they're just so accustomed to their lifestyle. Like if they did that, then what were they going to do? They would have been so bored. Know. They probably they probably would have started picking fights with them across the street, started like terrorizing them. No, throwing Danny, tomatoes Joe, at their house. Joe, Joe would have had the time of life because <laughs> in this scene, he's like, you need to fix like he would have fixed everything. Like him, I feel like if they went and lived there, Joel and Bill would have like a fucking shop where they're just making furniture, building houses, having the time of their life, fixing everything. Well, yeah, because um, he mentioned the the wire thing about the fence and how, like, hey, like you should you should fix this because it's gonna like go bad very soon, and if you put this there, it's gonna yeah. last you a lifetime. Well, and it's like so to backtrack slightly, they go mainly because like Frank is lonely, so there's still that element of Frank being like, I'm lonely. This is not the life I want to leave, or I want to lead. I want to have that companionship with someone else that's not just you. Ha- and so that is born from their, like, conversation on the radio, which is kind of nice to know, like, there are still those elements where, like, Frank's like, I don't want to say goodbye to the life I knew where I would talk to people all the time. Even though Bill is like, I don't want to talk to a single fucking person in this world. Like, don't talk to Don't bring them here. I don't want to talk to them. Um... And I'm glad we did get that kind of the Bill and Joel moment too, because it was like, yeah, they're similar. <laughs> and I think without it, it would have just felt kind of like, oh, that's the guy they know from the radio. Oh well, and it and it would have felt wasted. Yeah, it for sure would have felt re- wasted if, because like you said, like people probably are. I'm sure gamers are going to be a little upset that is like it's not perfect. This is the most change from two characters that we've seen thus far. Yeah. And it is pretty much just because the show itself was trying to give these two characters an arc that was not so one is dead, the other is left heartbroken. And I kind of like, I love the way it's, it's working out. I love this section a lot because I think we learned a lot about Tess. We learned a lot about Frank. I learned a lot about Bill and Joel, especially because those two being so similar. I think without it, we would have been missing. Uh, I don't want to jump to the end because we would have been missing something that is at the end. Because like Joel is just like sitting, um, and he is eyeing up Bill. <laughs> the two of them were kind of like, "Yeah, buddy, uh, I don't want to be here just as much as you don't want to be here." But I like that about them. But- yeah. They're very honest with each other. Uh, despite Tess and Frank, this is the most that Tess felt like a human <laughs> to me in this show. I love Tess. I, I think she's a really cool character. But this was where I was like, oh, yes, she is a woman who lived in the 21st century and like still has kind of those like moments where she is like, I want to run around. I want to do the I want to talk to people. I want to have fun. Yeah, like. It kind of makes you, like, see her as a human, almost. Like, she's not just, like, driven to just be chaotic and cause violence and kill people. Yeah, and this whole, like, episode was just, like, these are people, like, in case you forgot, these people just, like, had lives. And then were forced to kind of figure out their new normal. So, their dynamic results in, like, a pretty cute kind of thing. So, as we were saying, as they're going to leave, Bill and Fra- uh, Frank and Tess are like, we're going to come up with a code. We'll do music. I'm going to tell you decades. And then this is what this decade means, which is like the code that Ellie finds that is 80s music is bad, 70s is meh, and then the 60s is fine. Joel is talking to Bill, and Bill is basically like, I don't want you guys to come back here. I don't need anything. And Joel's like, yeah, you do. You're not going to have the infected. You're not going to have Fedra. They don't care. But you're going to have people wanting to come here and steal shit from you. And that's going to fail. That's going to fail. They're going to see that. Yeah. Um, Which is a fun dynamic for them because I feel like that's kind of both their fortes is like, 
here's how you survive. Like, it's just, and it's just one of those things where it's just, like, you're kind of telling him, like, hey, like, I don't care about you. I know we don't like each other, but I'm trying to keep you alive, too, by, like, giving you this. Because yeah. I can I can get it for you easily. And they do have And a he little... has no use for it, so it's just kind of like, here, you take it then. Yeah, and they do have a key, so they do end up, like, trading stuff. Tess and, Fra- uh, and Frank trade a gun for some seeds. Tess gets the gun, Frank gets the seeds. And so then Bill and Frank have little strawberries, and they're so happy. They're like, look at my strawberry, I'm gonna eat this. Because they're in love, and they kiss on the strawberries. Um, everything's not great, though, because Joel's right. <laughs> People come trying to steal her shit. Uh, so Bill gets shot in this, like, fight to try and keep what's theirs, which did for a second, the way that it was shot and the way that, like, Frank was holding Bill's hand made it seem like Bill was dead right there, which was wild. And I didn't like that because every HBO show that I watch where a character gets shot, and I'm using Tony Soprano as an example, because that man got (laughs) shot, like, three times and somehow didn't die. But then in Dexter, Deb got shot twice, and she died the last time. Well, that's like, and it's in the well, same exact your, spot. But that's that's your that's the problem. That's Showtime. Dexter is Showtime. But still, Sopranos <laughs> <And laughs> is HBO. <laughs> HBO, you can get shot and you're fine. Um, but well, unless you're uh, any of the people on the boat in the White Lotus. But but then um, that just shows that Frank was low key a doctor though in some life. He, did, he, like, he figured it all out. Um. So yeah. So then it jumps again, and this time it is in the modern timeline of the last of us. It's twenty twenty three, and they're like, um, old. <laughs> like, <laughs> they, they're old. It is. It's, <laughs> they age. They're old. So fast. They age so fast. Which it's the apocalypse. As I said, there's no moisturizer. They like. I get it, but also it's, like, they went from, like, Nick Offerman as you know him and Murray Bartlett as you know him to, like, what if they were 75? And I was, like, it's been 10 years. But it's, like, I get it. You age faster in the apocalypse. Whatever. Um, So they're all gray. Murray Bartlett seems to have... it. They don't say, but it kind of feels like MS or some kind of degenerative disease... Uh, because he can't really, like, he his motor functions of, like, his hands uh, and obviously his feet don't work as well anymore, um, and he takes medicine, so it's, like, clearly they found a doctor. He's been diagnosed, but, like, you don't know what it is, and you don't know the extent of it. They're, like, together. They're going through their day. He's, like, Bill, come and help. Get me inside. I'm cold, and so Bill wills him in. He's painting, but he can't paint in the same way he could before, and you see, like, paintings that he's done of him and Bill throughout the house um and it's just kind of like a calmer life but to the same kind of idea of like Frank's like I want out I don't want to do this anymore Frank says to Bill like they have one night that's fine and then the next day Bill wakes up and Frank has put himself back in his wheelchair which I and... thought he was dead. Like, he was getting ready to die or something. Like, that was the most terrifying thing. I was just like, please no. Like, I don't want to watch, like, Bill just off him. Like, please well, no. But also, the way that he was sitting in the chair, I was like, what the fuck is going on? The reality is that he put himself in the chair so that he could do it. And then he said to uh, Bill that this is his last day. He's like, I'm going to stay up because I'm dying today. I'm not making it through the night. Here's what I want you to do. Um, and he they basically make, like, a suicide pact, even though it's not that clear. But they're basic, like, Bill's basically, like, if you die, I die. Like, I've had a, love, yeah. I've had a wonderful life. Um, pours a, like, they have a nice meal. They have a nice day. They're kind of, like, just going through the day of it all. Um, and then they have, like, a very heartbreaking conversation where it's just, like, did you pour that in the bottle? And he's, like, yeah, I did, like enough to kill a horse like I it I've lived my life I'm old like you were the reason that I was doing this and staying alive because I had something to protect um and so Bill writes a letter for um whomever finds it probably Joel 
Yeah. And uh, the two go to bed together. And then that's the last we see. They, like, go to bed and they die in each other's arms. We don't see anything. We, it is just implied that that is what happened to Bill and Frank. But can we just talk about, like, thank you, Neil. Thank you, Craig, for making them just die. We don't need them to wake up and be infected. <laughs> Thank you. Listen, because I every other property I don't, they would. I don't want to watch Frank crawl on the floor trying to kill somebody. Like I don't need to see yeah, that. In every like, other property, that would have happened. Um, but yeah, I do like I do like that it is basically like nope. They are two people who love each other, and they went and died together, and they died in each other's arms. And Bill even writes in the letter, like, don't come in the room. Like, I barricaded the door because, like, this is our goodbye. We opened the door so, like, it wouldn't smell. But, like, this is our our love and our life. And we're dead. So don't worry about us. Um, which then explains. So, like, I realized while I was watching this that it explains when they died when you listen to the music. Because Joel says in the, in the pilot. Because Joel said, if they don't reset it after a certain point it switches to 80s music. So what that means is they have been dead at least up until um, when they leave Boston and the music changes to 80s music because that's when Depeche Mode plays as they're leaving. So it's like that is like the latest that they pro- they could have possibly died. Yeah, so it's probably like, I would give it like at least three, four weeks or something. Yeah, I, I forget what he, how the amount of time he said that it, it, it takes until it resets but it's so you're like okay well that's how long they've been dead and you can see like dust on the table when ellie and joel do get there um and joel the can kind of something so, yeah which funny because sunflowers are already dead that's why they're my favorite flower because they're dead when they bloom um but so joel is kind of like you can joel goes in you can tell he can tell something's up he's like bill frank and then Ellie finds the letter, um, and in it, it's basically one of my favorite parts of this whole episode. So this episode is so sad. You're so you're like you're emotional because these two characters clearly love each other and died, and it's like it's to me a better story than it was in the game, only because you didn't have a heartbreak. It is two characters who have decided that they want to die together. And it's poetic, even though it is depressing. Um, and then Bill <laughs> writes this letter where he writes, <laughs> I think of that. Letter. I think of that lizard. <laughs> the meme with the lizard with he 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 he. Oh, but also, like, if you ever, if you've listened to Nick Offerman laugh, <laughs> it's like they just wrote out how Nick Offerman laughs because he's like. <laughs> And it's just like how he, it's its funny, but it's also like, this is a suicide letter. He's like, <laughs> and I, I love that for Bill. Um, no notes, Bill. Basically, Bill is like, Joel, you're probably going to find this. You want a car? You take the car that's in the garage. Take it. Um, do whatever you want with it. I don't care. But there you go. There's the car. And Ellie is reading it to him. <laughs> Uh, and does say in the letter anyway I never liked you <laughs> which that is also very poetic for his relationship with Joel oh, God. <laughs> the two of them were like even in death I didn't like you I put up with you but I didn't like you I love that though like Nick Offerman it was the perfect bill yeah it worked so well uh just i like their dynamic a lot it's great ellie realizes they have hot water so she's like we're taking baths i'm going first bye you smell you're you're next um and so it's just kind of the two of them figuring out what they need from the house ellie correct me if i'm wrong but ellie goes and puts on the outfit that like she wears in the game yeah she like I guess, like, Joel finds a box of, like, women's shirts. Not sure where yeah. exactly this came from. Not gonna question it. But... Listen, it's, it's, it's they just found, found the shirt, and then Ellie puts on the iconic shirt. Yeah, and... and then starts uh, breaking things in the house. <laughs> yeah, she breaks the grandfather clock almost instantly. <laughs> um, Joel comes down wet, um, in a plaid shirt, and, uh, like, just truly, really, hair's, like, back wet 
Um, and the two of them go out in the garage and they're getting ready to leave. Um, and there's Joel in his hair. Oh, Jesus, I would love to be in the car. Um, it's so hot and nice. So they're getting in this car. They're ready to leave. Ellie finds a tape, uh, like a tape deck. It's a it's a tape. I don't but know you're, missing, you're forgetting it. you're forgetting how she found a gun though, because they went down oh, yeah, the bunker and then she's like, "Can I have a gun?" No, like continuously no. So then she found that gun in the the drawer desk or whatever the heck it is. I haven't seen one of those in ages. I feel like, but she finds oh, my it, grandma used to throws her throws it in her little backpack and then like, okay, we're good to go. Yeah. Yeah, she truly does steal a gun. Like, good job, girl. Joel's not going to be mad at you for that one. Um, They go, though, and they get into the car. Like, they basically grab what they need um, and do exactly what Bill said. They don't They don't go in that room. Because Joel tries. Ellie reads him the letter, and then they don't touch it again. Um, Which I kind of liked. I thought that was really sweet. That they were just like, nope. That you, you said that you that that's it. I'm not yeah. going there. Um, they get in the car. Uh, Ellie finds a tape, which is Linda Ronstadt. And so they, she goes, she wanted music on. Joel was yelling at her the entire time. He's like, Ellie, stop. Ellie, no. Ellie. And then she puts in the tape deck. She puts the tape in the tape deck. And Linda Ronstadt, he goes, oh, no, this is, this is nice. It's better than nothing. Or she says it's better than nothing. And he says, this is nice. Do you know who Linda Ronstadt is? And she just goes, you know I don't know who <laughs> And then they're just listening to the music driving down the road, and it is the song that plays, that uh, Bill plays. And it's just, like, genuinely a very sweet episode. Um, there isn't really, like, it's funny, and it's cute, but it is just sweet. And it didn't I know have this in it, though. Oh, my God. Here we it go. It didn't have that. <laughs> Here we go. I couldn't make I, I was too sweet about this episode. I had to do something. But it's like even at the end how it like pans out and you see like kind of like the window. It it kind of does look like the window in the first game for like the loading yeah. screen. So I was kinda like, oh, okay, like I see what you guys are doing here. Like you're kinda throwing things in just a little bit. So I'm enjoying the little Easter eggs. I'm sad that it wasn't like when the f- episode first was on, it was just kind of like in the beginning, yeah. Ellie finds the arcade machine, and it's Mortal Kombat 2, and it's not Angel Knives, but we all can't I be winners. <laughs> I did fear that a hand was going to just, like, appear on the fucking windowsill, because it was, like, you know. We're jump scare. Like, I was like, don't jump scare at me. Um, but, yeah, and it's just just a genuinely sweet episode. Um, just in case anyone forgot, there's the bloody bicep. Um, I just want to throw happiness in there because it is such a sad episode um, that even the cute moments you're like, oh, this is depressing. Like, yes, it's cute that they die together, but also like, oh, I would put up a picture of Nick Offerman on my wall like that. If they want to give me the one from his bedroom, I'd hang it up on my wall. I want the Picasso looking one. Um, so what are your what's your what are your general thoughts on this episode and the first three episodes that you've seen 10 out of 10 for this episode this is probably like the best episode this season like hands down out of these three out of these three it is the best like it just makes me excited to see more and then now that like season two has already been renewed and it was before this episode even came out like that's insane i don't think i've ever seen a show like that before where they're like hey Two episodes in, renew the season. Yeah, well, and I don't love that Neil Druckmann keeps being like, part two, oh yeah, that is news I didn't say. They are, did renew it for season two, um, which is both, you know, great and not great if you know the game. Um, I'd be interested to see if they do this like they did the game. But I feel, feel like, like they might spread it out a bit more. It's going to be very spread out. Like, I feel like they're going to build more of a story. And, like, I have my theories of how they're going to do it. I won't get into it right now because that's going to be a whole other mess. <laughs> but I just feel like there's going to be more seasons to build up to certain events that happened in the games. And then, like, the way they're doing backstories, it makes me more excited. Because even playing Part 2, I'm kind of like, well, 
why didn't I get more of this? Like, I wanted more of certain things because I didn't understand, like, what's the point of them? Yeah, so uh, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, I love this episode a lot uh, out of all of my screeners. Quentin stopped thinking about episode three. Uh, I'm not alone in that. Like, I've seen a lot of critics be like, oh, my God, episode three. Oh, my God, episode three. So uh, it was it was like once I started seeing other critics be like, episode three is like the best episode of the series. I felt better because I was like, is it just because I like these actors? I can't stop. Like, why can't I stop thinking about it? And then everyone tonight was talking about it. So it's it. it I was like, great. We're all kind of on board that this is a really good episode of The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, so with that, we're on to now Sophie is gonna make fun of me for this. I have to sing this song, Sophie. Um, oh, because Jesus. we've never had it professionally made. Uh, I just sing it myself. So please prepare yourself. <clears throat> all right, for I'm ready. Our favorite time of the week. Stash, 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 stash. The stash on everybody's lips is gonna be Pedro's. Okay, it is stash of the week, which um I will go first so that you know how this works. Um, I have picked. Um, uh, it was a suggestion by uh, an artist who likes to draw and listen to our podcast, which I was I lost my mind. When I saw that, because thank you. I don't know why you're listening. This is chaos, but like, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> thank you to everyone who's listened to the chaos. Uh, but I was tagged in this and it was like, is this the stash of the week? And for sure is my stash of the week. Um, it's for a photo shoot that he did where he's looking like mm-hmm. a greaser. If you told me he wanted to just start singing Danny Zuko song, no, <laughs> he'd be Kanicki. Um Yeah. He would for sure be Kanicki. Um, if you told me he wanted to just start singing, you know, Reese Lightning, um, I would fully believe it. And it's beautiful. It's just a good look, a good jacket, tattoo on display. We love to see it. Um, I love it all around. And that is why I chose this as my Sash of the Week. Now, Sophie, who I don't think loves Pedro Pascal in any way that I do. I enjoy um, him, but... I, uh, Pedro, if you ever listen to this episode, don't worry. Like, I, you're, I'm a fan, but I don't think she, Sophie, would marry you on the uh, in the uh, on a drop of a dime, like I would. Um, but Sophie, you have picked this. <laughs> it was the weapon. The like, what is this photo sphere? like? It's clearly Oberyn days. This is clearly when he was like, Oberyn. I just love it. Yeah, there's clearly it's like, uh, his it's, Oberyn days. It's the mustache that goes from like the way his beard is. Like he fully can't grow facial hair, and it just makes me love it even more. <laughs> he can't. Okay, listen. To be fair to this man, he can grow facial hair. It is just patchy. So like, there's, <laughs> there's just like a patch of missing. Um, and it's great. I love I love the missing badge of facial hair. But you are correct. This one is very much. Look at how little I can grow my mustache. I like this one. Um, yeah, that's his Oberyn days. Which, well, as we were watching The Last of Us, I found out a cat named Oberon uh, died, and I was like, "This feels weird." Um, it was it was a Oberon. wild time. Yeah, Oberon died, and I was like, "What's going on?" Um, but yeah, so that was episode three. There's still many episodes of The Last of Us, and we will be here every week recapping them and then go straight on into The Mandalorian because what, what else do I have in my life? Um, other than talking about Petro Pascal properties. But Sophie, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, Twitter mainly at Sobiwan Kenobi. Like, I don't know. Talk. Pitch your Twitch account. Oh. <laughs> oh um, <laughs> I am going to try to stream more on my Twitch account. It is at SobiWan. So catch me on there at some point in the future, hopefully. Yeah, please do. Because that is where I watched The Last of Us. Because Sophie said, oh my god, we were talking about this show a bunch. And I went, I don't know the game. And she went, I'll play it for you. And played both parts because I was like, I can't play video games. I'm bad at them. Um, and thus, this whole thing was born. Um, 
So go check out Sophie's Twitch. Go to her Twitter where she posts memes about Tony Soprano to The Last of Us. Um, they're great. Uh, you can follow me at Rachel Leishman. You can follow my work at the Mary Sue and Collider. And check back here every week for new episodes and so that you can get all up to date on news. If we get to go to SNL, I am sure there will be an episode about it. I can't um, wait. And there'll be an there'll be an episode in general about his SNL. But and um, until next time, follow us uh, at Padre Pascal on social media and tweet at us. Review, like, subscribe, Pedro. If you're listening, uh, we would love to have you on the show. Uh, and until next time, bye bye. <laughs>